This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and today we're going to continue our conversation on the gospel of life. Archbishop, as we begin today, would you please lead us in prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We ask you to come, Holy Spirit, and to guide us in our radio program today. We ask you to anoint the ears and the hearts of our listeners that they may receive a word from you that uh, that you wish them to hear. We ask you to anoint our lips so that we may speak only the words of truth and love because we trust, Holy Spirit, that you do guide us always and you especially guide the church. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, Archbishop, as we are still in this summer season, what what I wanted to ask you about is really the teaching arm of the church as we discuss these issues of life. I know for many of our parishes, there are people who are just inquiring about the Catholic faith. I'm working with a group at my home parish, and they're coming on a weekly basis to learn. What does the church teach? What does it mean to be Catholic? And so we may take some of these issues for granted that we understand the gospel of life. But but there's a big word that I learned coming into the church, magisterium. And so as we, we talk about the teaching of the church and, and how we learn as we walk on a, on a Christian journey, maybe just give us some, some ways to have some foundation to begin that walk of faith. Right. Well, and I, and I think, uh, Dina Marie, it's good, it's good to be talking about this uh, really in light of, of some of the recent movements that, that have happened in our country just in the last uh, few weeks, actually, with the, uh, the Dobbs decision, the Supreme Court Dobbs decision that struck down Roe versus Wade. Uh, how that's bringing about all kinds of changes. And I've done a couple of videos on my YouTube channel in recent weeks, uh, one uh, giving my support to Archbishop Corleone, and one I did a a, a very uh, lengthy video, almost 10 minutes long, just answering five basic questions or objections with regard to the church's teaching on abortion. And the reaction of some folks to this including Catholics, people who, quite honestly, are church-going, believing Catholics are objecting to teachings on the issue of abortion as if um, this is not a clear issue in, in, in the teaching of the church. And what I'm finding more and more, people are, their starting point on 
discussing issues like this or, or thinking about issues like this, life issues and other, particularly moral issues uh, in the church and Catholic social teaching, the starting point tends to be often, sadly, their political uh, position or their, uh, an ideology that they've already aligned with rather than the faith. Mm-hmm. Rather than start the starting point being their faith, and what does the church teach? What does sacred scripture teach? Um, wh- and, and how has the church understood that and developed that over the centuries? That, that sadly is not the starting point anymore for many, many, far too many Catholics. Their starting point is what they've already decided about a particular issue or what maybe their political party's position is on a particular issue or just a general uh, ideology, if you will, of, 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 of the social life. And so it's important for us to understand where the church comes from in its teaching. And these big words that you use, a word like magisterium, it's very important to understand this, that the church is guided in her teaching by the Holy Spirit. And this is by Jesus' own promise to his church. And this is absolutely fundamental. And I cannot overemphasize this point, that the teaching of the church, when I'm saying that teaching, of the, I'm talking about the official teaching of the church, the articulated, established teaching doctrine of the church is a teaching that is developed over the centuries by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And far too many people, including Catholics these days, just think, well, you know, the church is wrong. The church is wrong on this issue or wrong on that issue, or the church should or could change her teaching on this issue. And that, that, that's not possible because these teachings are truth as guided by the Spirit. And when I say where well, this is Jesus' own promise, Jesus many times in the gospel is promising to send the Holy Spirit upon the church. And one of the most important passages is where uh, Jesus tells his apostles, this much I have told you while I am with you. I cannot tell you everything now because you could not bear it. You could not endure it. You could not understand it. But when I go, I will send another advocate, the spirit of truth, and he will lead you into all truth. The church has always understood that the teaching office of the church, the teaching body of the church, the magisterium, we call it, is guided by the Holy Spirit in its articulation of church doctrine and teaching. That's that's the first fundamental point, is people have got to understand that the church's official teaching, not opinions, not uh, things that are still open questions, not uh, opinions about the best way to do things or whatever, or the best policy on this, or the best practice with regard to that, but doctrine, we're talking about doctrine, we're talking about dogma, the teachings of the church, whether they be uh, dogmatic teachings of the faith, like contained in the creed, or whether we're talking about moral teachings, this is guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit who speaks in and through the church. 
and guides the magisterium. And the magisterium is simply the teaching body of the magisterium. It's a big word. What does it mean? It means teaching body. Magister is the Latin word for teacher. The Latin word for teacher is magister. And so the magisterium is the teaching body of the church, those who are given responsibility by Christ for the teaching of the church. And that is the bishops in union with the successor to St. Peter, the Holy Father. And so the, the Christ gave to the apostles and to Peter the authority to teach in his name. It's given clearly in the scriptures. Whatever you declare bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you declare loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. To Peter, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, it's clear. And the bishops, in union with the pope, are the successors to the College of Apostles and Peter. And we continue to exercise as a body, not individually, but as a body, united with Peter, cum Petro et sub Petro, with Peter and under Peter, the body of bishops exercises the authority of Christ to teach on these issues as promised guidance by the Holy Spirit is given to us. So that's where we look. We look to the official magisterial teachings of the church. And sadly, the fact is simply far too many Catholics simply don't believe this anymore. They don't believe that uh, the teachings of the church are, are definitive as, as guided and given to us by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's so much for us to to really comprehend. But again, as we came out of the Easter season, we're reminded again, it is by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's interesting, Archbishop, we're in this time of asking the question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us today? But the Holy Spirit reveals truth. And so as we walk, whether we're brand new coming into the Christian faith, whether we're raising children now and trying to help form children in our faith, how do we continue to to learn about this magisterium, to be able to apply this in our daily lives for the laity out there that are trying to work, raise families, contribute to their communities, and to lead a holy moral life? How do we embrace and, and get to know more about these teachings? You know, the important thing is, you know, where do we go to find out what does the church actually teach? Because, I mean, you can find all kinds of uh, blogs and everything else out there that will give you all kinds of ideas about what the church teaches or they think they teach. So we have a source. We have this thing called the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And this is the official um, documentation, if you will, or explication of what does the Catholic Church teach? What are the teachings of the church as defined by the church under that guidance of the Holy Spirit and the magisterium that we've been talking about. And so quite honestly, it's that simple in, in one sense. I mean, I realize it's it, some of these issues are very complex and difficult to understand, especially if we're coming from a more socio-political point of view. And if, if the teachings of the church seem to run contrary to our socio-political view, then it can be difficult for people. But it certainly should not be difficult to determine what it is that the church actually does teach. That's very clear, as explicated, as I said, is laid out very clearly in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So there is an actual 
It's a book. Uh, you know, it's a hardcover, softcover, big book that uh, summarizes the whole teaching of the church. And it's also available online mm-hmm. easily. Uh, people can access it online free, so you don't have to buy the book. But it's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all there, very clearly uh, articulated. And the catechism is, you know, it's, it's, it's built on different pillars, if you will, of the catechism. It's built on the creed on the, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments, and on the Our Father, which is the whole last section is, is simply on prayer and the spiritual life. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful compendium of the teachings of the church. The first part is, is creedal. It's all about the creed, what we believe about God, what we believe about the Holy Trinity, what we believe about Jesus Christ, what we believe about God's relationship with humanity. Um, you know, everything that is dogmatic, everything that that, that articulates really the belief that we have in, in God and all that he has revealed to us in scripture and in the sacred tradition of the church. Then the second section is, is on the moral life. Uh, there's a whole section on the sacramental life and the, what are all the sacraments about? Um, you know, the section on prayer and spiritual life. It's, it's an incredible resource, and I just wish more people were aware of it and, and could use it as, a, as that handy reference. Because many times we just... I hear people say all the time, well, I just, I'm confused. I just don't understand what does the church actually teach? Because Father so-and-so says this, and I see this online, and this, I read this in this uh, newspaper. What does the church really teach? Well, that's where to go, Right. Uh, is, is to the catechism. And I think that's such an important point, Archbishop, that you bring out. We have to go back to the source. It's not what do I feel, what my brother thinks, what I heard online, what I think this this well-known religious person said, we go back to the Holy Spirit and, and, and the teachings of the church. And maybe just give us a sense when I've opened up the catechism, just the different sources, scripture, uh, the early church fathers, but this wealth of truth oh, yeah. that's filled <clears throat> within the pages of the catechism. Yeah, the um, the catechism of the Catholic Church, this document that we're talking about, or this this resource that we're talking about, the catechism, is one of the most detail footnoted uh, yeah. uh, references that I have ever seen. It is, it is filled with footnotes quoting 2000 years mm-hmm. of church history and teaching. And so what you'll find there in the footnotes, you'll find certainly references to sacred scripture all over the place. In fact, it's a great thing in the back of the catechism. You can look up any scripture and find where the catechism references that scripture. So, uh, you know, if you're reading the Bible, for example, and you come across a passage in the Bible that's a little confusing to you, and what does that mean? Or what does that say about my faith? You can cross-reference that in the catechism. You can look up that scriptural passage and see if the catechism references that passage. And then it'll give a teaching based on, on that passage from scripture. There's also the fathers of the church, the very earliest writers on Christianity and the Catholic faith. So we're talking about those who lived closest to the time of Christ and the apostles. Some of the fathers of the church actually knew the apostles. Uh, St. Polycarp, for example, was a disciple of St. John, the evangelist. You know, so those early, early church fathers, those closest to the time of Christ, what did they understand uh, by the revelation and what was, what was handed on from the apostles? There are multiple references 
to the various councils of the church over the centuries, the ecumenical councils of the church. There's references to the former catechism of the Catholic Church, <clears throat> what was <clears throat> referred to as the Council, uh, uh, the Catechism of the Council of Trent. There are multiple references to teachings of the Holy Fathers, references to the popes and their teachings. So it's a rich resource. In fact, there's a, another book called The Companion to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, because these are incredible resources to have. And the companion actually contains the full text of all those footnote references in the catechism. So you could be reading through the catechism, <clears throat> you see a footnote reference to the Council of Nicaea, all right? And then you say, wow, it's a, it says Nicaea such and such. Well, gosh, now I got to go online and figure out well, what, is, what is Nicaea and how do I get? No, if you got the companion, you got it right there, you turn to that footnote, it'll have the full text from the Council of Nicaea that that footnote refers to. And the, and the companion is actually as thick or maybe even thicker than the catechism itself. So those two pieces together are an incredible resource of Catholic Church uh, history and teaching. But what people need to understand, because I get this all the time as well, Catholics even, we're used to this from our Protestant brothers and sisters, but Catholics saying, well, where's that in the Bible? Where's that in the Bible? Or Jesus didn't say that. You know, people are, are on my case a, a little bit with some of the teaching I've done on abortion recently and saying, well, I don't recall Jesus ever saying anything about abortion. Well, Scripture is one and is the primary pillar of the teachings of the church, but it's not the only resource. We as Catholics believe in two parts of what we call divine revelation, Scripture and tradition with a capital T solemn tradition as guided by the Holy Spirit, as we were talking about at the, at the uh, beginning of this program. Both of those two together make up divine revelation. Uh, they're both essential and important. We're not sola scriptura Christians, meaning we only believe what is explicitly outlined in the Bible. In fact, I don't think many people realize sacred tradition, capital T, the teaching of the church, the teaching body of the church, the magisterium of the church, what we talked about earlier, existed before scripture was written. I mean, I'm, I'm the New Testament we're talking about. Before the gospels were written, the church already existed. The church was already teaching. You know, it didn't have the gospels to refer to in her teaching. She was simply by mouth, verbally, communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was later that the gospels were committed to writing. We have the letters of St. Paul, the other pastoral epistles. We have the Acts of the Apostles, which tell the story of the early church. Uh, we have the book of Revelation. So all of those things, though, are the product of the church. In other words, the church preceded the New Testament. And the New Testament was the, the product, if you will, of the reflecting, praying church. It was the church that decided what books were in the Bible mm -hmm. and, and what would be part of the New Testament, because there were a lot of, new, of writings around that time, even references to the life of Christ, that were rejected as part of sacred scripture because they, were not, they did not match up with what the church had always taught and believed. Uh, so what the church taught and believed was first, the church was first, and only later was, was much of that committed to writing uh, in the New Testament. So you need both. Mm -hmm. You cannot have just scripture alone. 
It's scripture plus sacred tradition guided by the magisterium, the teaching body of the church and interpreted for us because of the promised gift of the Holy Spirit to, to guide us. in the Because anybody, any one of us can pick up uh, and we look at it. Look at the sixth chapter of John's gospel, right? Mm -hmm. The sixth chapter of the gospel of St. John is what we call the bread of life discourse. It's St. John, the, the evangelist teaching on the Holy Eucharist. It's profound. It's explicit in the words of Jesus. Well, it's pretty clear what it, what he's talking about, but if it's, that it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ and the gift of the most Holy Eucharist. But why don't all Christians believe that then? Because they don't. Many Christian, Protestant Christians read the sixth chapter of John's gospel, and they don't see a teaching about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Uh, but Catholics do. Well, in other words, anybody can pick up the Bible, read it, and interpret it in any way. They can interpret it falsely. And so we need the assurance. You know, I don't, it's, it's inconceivable that God would go through all of the difficulty and all of the trouble, if you will, of saving us mm -hmm. in his son Jesus by sending his son Jesus to be incarnate, to suffer, die, and rise again, and then just sort of leave us on our own to figure it out. No, that's why Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit to the church, so that there would be the guidance of the church in her understanding of what Jesus had said and done. And that development of, of doctrine throughout the ages, throughout the centuries, uh, is guided by the Holy Spirit. And you need both. We're not, uh, so it's, it's scripture, tradition, as guided and interpreted and handed on and passed on and taught to us by the magisterium of the church, the bishops uh, throughout the ages in, in communion with the successor to St. Peter. Right. Right. And Archbishop, just with a few moments that we have, we have a responsibility as once we're baptized into the Christian faith, we have that responsibility to know our faith, to learn our faith over time. Maybe just quickly give us a sense of the role of the local church, the archdiocese. We have our parishes. We have some ministries. You have appointed some women to help really unpack the gospel of life with education to support. But just maybe what we look at the role of this local church to help walk with people on that journey of unpacking the, the, the magisterium in this beautiful catechism. Right. Well, the, the function of the church is to exercise the threefold, what we call munera, the three offices of Christ, to teach, to sanctify, and to shepherd God's people. Uh, the teaching office of the church is certainly an international universal teaching office, the, the magisterium, but that needs to be incarnated, if you will, or localized in each local church, in each diocese. You know, the bishop, the bishop is charged as the chief catechist of the, of the diocese. He is the primary teacher of the faith in his local church entrusted to his pastoral care. So the bishop, uh, again, ordained uh, through the laying on of hands, is given that responsibility uh, to be the... In fact, when a man is ordained a bishop, we have to sign a profession of faith and an oath of fidelity to faithfully hand on the fullness of the Catholic faith and church and not to cherry pick what parts we're going to teach and what parts we're not going to teach. And we have to be faithful to what the church have. Our job is not to, to innovate. Our job is to hand on faithfully that which the church has always believed and taught. But that then filters down to the local parish level where the pastors in communion with the bishop are also teachers in their local communities and oversee 
catechesis and faith formation on the local level. So that can be in the religious education program that is being given to our children and youth. It's in our RCIA program. So that is we're welcoming people into the church and catechizing them in their catechumenate period. We're being faithful to the teachings of the church. It's in our Catholic schools, you know, pastors and with the laity that collaborate with them in the governance of our schools. Uh, you know, the schools have to be places where the faith is accurately, faithfully taught and handed on. So, you know, we have the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We have the Companion to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We have the Universal Magisterium of the Church, the bishops throughout the world, and the union with the Pope. But as my dad used to like to say, where the rubber hits the road is in the parish, on the local level. Pastors, along with laity, uh, directors of religious education, principals of Catholic schools, heads of departments of theology in our schools, catechists, who teach in our schools and our religious education programs, all of us bear a grave responsibility to be faithful, handing handers on, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of the teachings of the church. It's not for us to promote our own beliefs, our own take, if you will, on, on the gospel. Ours is to hand on faithfully to our young people and adults mm-hmm. what the church actually believes and teaches. And it's a grave responsibility exercise at the most local of levels. And the most local level is in the family. Yeah. Parents, parents need to be the first and primary educators of their children in the ways of faith. So parents, I I'm old enough to be a grandparent. Now parents, grandparents, we need to get, get our act together if we will, uh, to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Guided by the Holy Spirit, as Archbishop has mentioned. So your homework assignment, those of you who are listening, Catechism of the Catholic Church, do you have one? Do you have one for each member of your family? Get online and continue to call upon the Holy Spirit. Archbishop, thank you so much for sharing and helping us unpack just a little bit of this walk of faith. And would you please help us close this time with your blessing? Yes. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God be with you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.